Oh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to come. Please, please, come in. And close the door behind you. It's raining gizzards and globs out. Thanks. Oh, so you did get my letter. You're curious about the monster, huh? Follow me. And <laughs> it's perfect timing. He's about to awaken. Well, I mean, I'm going to awaken soon. He's got something special to tell you. Something fun he wants to do. Alright. Hold on just one moment. Awaken. Watch how fuzz. Edgar Wright is the best, best director when it comes to sound. to uh, the Real Brothers <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that was good. It was, uh, like so it. So I did that voice. Uh, that is actually, if you can guess what that voice was from, think about it in the episode, Steve. I'll, I'll, I'll give you subtle hints along the way. It sounds familiar but, to me. But yes, uh, I, I'll give you subtle hints along the way. But um if anyone else can guess the, the, the voice that I was attempting to do and probably doing poorly, uh, I, I practiced. Is that Tales from this. the Crypt? No. Okay. It's not actually from a movie, and that is actually, or, or a TV show, and that is oh. the only hint I will give you. But um, oh. welcome to from Real Brothers, and this is, yeah, it's from a video game. Oh, Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah, that's actually correct. Yes, so it was the shopkeeper. The shopkeeper Resident for Evil. Resident Evil Actually, 4. one of my favorite creepy voices. And I figured might as well do it for this episode because uh, it's the Halloween episode. And yeah. I figured you should enjoy some Halloween treats. Yeah, I, I like that guy's creepy voice too. What are you buying? What are you buying? What are you selling? And what are you I just selling? like it. Yeah, I like that guy's <laughs> voice too. And well done, creepy yeah. and funny too. Um, so in this episode, we're actually going to talk about uh, a, it's going to be a quick episode, which is unlike any other episode we've ever done before. Um, we're just going to actually talk about a single movie, but it's actually an old movie, and it was one we were going to do an episode where. We were going to be talking about our favorite, uh, what is it called? Practical effects. Practical effects. 
and uh, we both sort of chose this same movie because it's the most phenomenal movie uh, for practical effects. Um, and the movie we're going to be talking about is The Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, The Thing is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I just really... I love the style. I love the music. The practical effects are amazing. Um, my opinion, they're the best ever made. They're just so good. And I, I would completely agree with that because yeah. uh, I had just recently seen the movie, and I don't know. You probably seen it a dozen times. What oh you, God, I've think? yeah, I've probably seen it like ten times. Yeah. So for me, it was the first time watching the movie, and I actually watched it on a plane to San Francisco, and there's a part in the movie. Like, the movie itself, if you've never seen it, is not extremely scary, No, would you say? No, I don't think it's – I honestly, I don't think it's very scary at all. I think it – for me, I think it's actually one of the most (laughs) lighthearted horror movies. I don't know. Like, I I just get a (laughs) – it's just got very loving. It's it's just got these really <laughs> over the top kind of characters, and they're funny. There's a lot of tongue in cheek involved. It's just, and it's a little silly, I think, and I like that about it. Like it's not it, it's ominous and it's creepy, but it's I don't think it's like personally, I don't believe it's a very scary movie. No, they have a few parts that jump at you, and one of yeah. the parts that scared the shit right out of me i literally think i shit my pants uh was when they (laughs) and it was on the plane uh i i probably i almost fell into the seat behind me that's how (laughs) scary it was so what happened was luckily like the people around me were sleeping or something uh so they didn't even actually know what i did but um it was the part where they're testing the blood to see oh, who's yeah. the thing. And the cool thing about the movie is they make it so you don't even know who the fucking thing is. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my God, who's the thing? No one's actually showing anything. Like, there, there's no tells at this part. And this guy, he's taking this little hot needle and he's putting into the blood. And whatever the the, the thing with, about the thing is that it um, – it's like a, almost like a hive mind type of thing where um, uh, pieces of the thing, like if it's a cell or something of the thing, it can feel it. Yeah. Uh, even though it's outside the yeah, body. They, so this, they show, oh. they show just to explain it a little bit more, mm-hmm. they show like a, one of the, like the doctors looking at, um, looking at the cells of the thing through a microscope or basically like, and it shows it and how the thing basically sucks into every single cell and kind of reanimates itself to be able to create or recreates itself into the cell of what its uh, host is. So it can look exactly like that host and disguise itself, but it can also multiply itself by just attaching itself to each host. So, yeah, so it can just kind of string itself along and create more of itself, basically. Right, and that's a really cool idea, yeah. uh, uh, especially for its time. Like, it's way ahead of its time. You might see an idea like that just because uh, nowadays, just because there's so many dang yeah, horror and, movies and out there, it might even just, just poop out of someone's brain. Th- this movie but, was actually a remake of an older movie. So really? it was even an older idea, yeah. Dang. Which is very interesting. 
I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. But so uh, to finish a little bit of my story, uh, so during the part where he's testing the blood, he's testing the blood, and uh, he's tested like five people, and nothing happens. So you're like, either his test is a lie, because actually they make you think that the main character uh what's his name kurt uh, russell kurt russell his character is, is uh mccready i think is yeah the name mccready they make you think that he is the thing the whole time mm-hmm. um and he might be you never they yeah, never actually it's very you. ambiguous <clears throat> but he's testing all of the bits of blood so you're thinking oh this test is just bogus there's nothing up with it because it's not working on anybody yeah and then holy shit they touch one of the blood and it jumps out and the one guy just starts going ah! and then i so i just started yeah that one flipping is flipping out i almost i literally almost had a heart attack it was it was amazing it yeah was an amazing jump scare like it, most jump scares in movies like they're making like ominous music and stuff like that or no music at all. And you know that there's a jump scare coming, but for this, it was so well done. You didn't even know there was, I I had no idea what was Mm going to happen there. Yeah. It was just a great setup for a scare because like you said, they're going through and you're just like, this is fucking bogus. This dude is probably the thing. And he's just fucking around right now doing this fake little trial that doesn't make any sense because no, nothing's working. You're like, he does the blood of the two dead guys, and they're like, dude, you fucking killed those guys. You know, you have the thing in them, you know? And everyone's like, Shh, just like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? So everyone's now believing that this dude is the thing, and it almost makes you believe that he's the thing, and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and he's just trying to trick all these dudes. Yeah. And then that happens, and it is that is probably one of the most, like, jump scare parts of the of the film. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. I I just really like that idea of of a. It's just a it's a horror movie who done it, and I think that that's hilarious. It's right. like these guys who are just like, hey, I, th- who knows who's got the thing in them, but we got to figure this shit out. And it's just like, do you got him in it? No, I don't have. It. And it could be the thing, but he, no, I don't have the thing in me, dude. It's fucking me. You've known me forever, man. Why would you believe I got this fucking thing in me? You know. And I I just really like it. Just adds. Like it to me, it adds an element of comedy, yeah. Because it's just like such. It's kind of ridiculous, but awesome in its own sense. You know, I just really, I really like that idea where it's the where it's a horror movie, but it's almost like a mystery theater, like murder mystery whodunit. We're gonna figure it out by putting together all these clues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never gonna burn you because that's the only way we can kill you. I just think it's fucking such a good premise for a movie. It, and it's so it's simple, but yet it's just so such a great idea, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and and just uh, the, it made it actually feel deep as well because uh, the cool part about that movie was I actually started, like, trying to put myself in those people's shoes. And it would be scary as hell if you didn't know who was the thing and yeah. who wasn't the thing. Because the uh, another thing about uh, this this creature um, is that it mimics people exactly. It mimics their um, all of their movements, all of their behaviors. It's like an identical copy of this person. Mm-hmm. It's not just a clone, and it's not like, oh, it's obvious that that guy is the thing because he's like foaming at the mouth or something 
but there is like seemingly no tell at all, which it, it makes it really interesting because you got to think if you were in that situation, what the fuck? Oh my you god, do? you'd be just <laughs> shitting your pit. You just want everybody to be dead because you believe everybody's the thing, you know? But well, yourself. it's that, but they're also your friends, yeah. so. You don't want to sit there and kill your friends, <laughs> yeah. So it makes it makes like this almost uh, this little crisis where uh, you don't know what to do because you don't want to kill your friend, but you also don't want to be facing up against this thing. So yeah. it, it's really awesome. Yeah, I think another it's another what we've been talking about and what makes all the movies that we've talked about very good, like hereditary and you were never really here is that it's a, it is another one of those show don't tell movies where they don't really explain much. It really just throws you into the movie where uh, it starts off and they show the little space shuttle shoot into earth. But then it start. but then after right after that, it's a dog running through the, this frozen mountain and a helicopter flying after it and these dudes shooting at it. So you know, you expect that, oh, it's called The Thing, so you expect that that dog is The Thing, but you still are just thrown into the middle of of this movie. You don't know what happened before this to trigger these dudes to be chasing this dog. It just kind of throws you into it. And I just really like that because then it adds, well, yeah. it adds more to the mystery when, when they end up at this other place, at the Americans' little place, and these dudes are like, what the fuck is up with these guys? They're just shooting at this dog, and now they're shooting at us. What's going on? Like, we are they right. fucking nuts, or is there a war going on? Are they, they you know, like whatever? And uh, I, I like how they I like how Kurt, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, they do actually say that. I like how Kurt Russell's character is just like he keeps calling them the Swedes, but they're from Norway. Norway <laughs> they're Norwegian. Yeah. He's like, well, let's see what's up with these Swedes. <laughs> like, dude, they're Norwegian, man. <laughs> and he keeps doing yeah. that throughout the movie, and it's just fucking great. It is Kurt hilarious. Russell is – I just love Kurt, Kurt Russell in that movie. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's the just – The beauty of this movie was that it added all that uh, 70s cheese <laughs> to it even though it was just a phenomenal movie but you get those funny jokes just like that yeah you get these little funny jokes and the costumes are great i really love there's like a lot of cool glasses and goggles mm. which i don't know why i pick up on that but it's just like he's got like the the helicopter like flight glasses and then the other dude has these really cool like sunglass glasses yep. prescription glasses and then there's another there's weird goggles that this other dude puts on that I'm assuming are for when you have the flamethrower and stuff like that. And it's just really it's just a really interesting detail that they went through to get these little I think it just gives each character more character because you're like you look at them and now you can kind of analyze them and be like, look at those fucking glasses that that dude decided to put on his head. It's just an interesting little detail that um, right. I, I just really like. Like, all the costume design and everything is great, as well as the practical effects, which we should probably start talking about because exactly. they're so fucking good. And it is oh, one yeah. of the main keys of why this movie <laughs> is so iconic. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was really ahead of its time as far as uh, the practical effects go because uh, one of my favorite practical effects in this in, in this movie is actually uh, the point where um, the head of that guy oh, kind of just falls off. Uh, yeah. 
and then turns into like this spider-like creature. Yeah. And it's like just just this guy's upside down doofy looking face <laughs> on top of this spider-like creature, which is actually it's kind of funny at the same time cuz yeah. cuz it's it's like crawling away and they're freaking out and they instantly kill the damn thing. Mm-hmm. But uh but it's just funny cuz it's got this goofy doofy guy's face but the uh the effects the practical effects were done so well on this thing that it almost looked like it was um it was computer generated somehow but it wasn't like it was just so well done and the the face looked exactly like that guy's face uh upside down it was yeah amazing yeah i think they just like this is one of those uh, movies that I think defies what was going on earlier with practical effects, which were like even in like Alien and stuff, and like definitely Jaws and movies like that, where they just did a lot of quick quick cuts away from like the monsters and stuff like that because you can tell that they're so fake. Where this movie kind of focuses right on it because they knew that they had the practical effects just down perfect. They knew that you they could focus on these creatures because they're just so even it you know obviously you can tell it's fake but it's just so good that you don't give a shit the like you there's no like it just adds so much you're like damn that just looks so fucking good and it's so original and just over the top and just so cool that the fact that you know it's faked is still adds to it because you're like how the hell did they create this thing like yeah the thing how did they do this like this is so fucking in, insane like i don't know i i mean just watching that head pop out and it also has the another head on the dude and that's like <laughs> fucking weird shit's going on there and it's just it's just over the top ridiculous and it is kind of humorous but in, yeah. a, in such an awesome and kind of grotesque way and there's just a right. lot of goo and stuff like that and I, I really like the um when they initially go up to where the Norwegians were and they find like the corpse and then they mm, bring mm-hmm. it in and there there's like the kind of faces that are like splitting apart and stuff like that and then you know there's just all this weird uh like limbs popping out and like kind of like spider looking limbs popping out and they're just like what yeah. the fuck is this thing and it just like looks so good, and almost that was like it looks re- fucking real. Like that yeah. I, that thing actually looks extremely real, and I just thought they did such a good job with that. And then when they're dissecting it as well, and the goo's coming out, mm-hmm. and he's pulling the organs out. Oh yeah, and he's looking at real. them, and he's putting them up, and he's and he's just like miffed, and he's saying, "Holy shit." Is just regular organs, just regular human organs. I like, and he's miffed about how the fuck this could happen, and it's just yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's amazing. Like just the I, practical effects. I I'm unhappy that a lot of movies right now don't use pr- as much practical effects as they should. Yeah, like horror movies in general, I believe should just use practical effects because they're just they make things actually in my opinion seem a lot more realistic than if you're using all this computer generated stuff just like uh for instance in lord of the rings 
you look at Lord of the Rings, and uh, they did they had a lot of practical effects on that. I mean, they they had some um, computer generated stuff too, but for the most part, they they were very detailed in uh, making the actors look like orcs and stuff like that. And then you you move forward to uh, the Hobbit, where they didn't take as much time on doing that, and it actually to me didn't look as real. And yeah. I, I feel like that's why the thing these in, in this movie here, uh, all of these things actually to me looked way ahead of their time mm-hmm. because they actually look way better than any uh, computer generated stuff could ever do. And and in a way, they also add a little bit of cheesiness, which I think. Um, uh, horror movies uh, need. Yeah, in, oh, I think sense. so too. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, when there's too much computer animation, I think some computer animation is fine, but when you go sure. overboard, like what The Hobbit did, when you're when there's so much computer animation, it j- and especially when there's computer animation paired with actual like humans and stuff, when you do that, I think it really after you stare at it for a long time, it takes you out of the world. Because your right. your brain, I think your brain notices that, oh, that's not real. Right. That's something, that's animation, you know. So it kind of takes you, and then you're like, that thing is, that that person's real, but that's animation. So it kind of takes you out of the world of, I don't know, of just like keeping your brain wanting to watch something or keeping you your attention on it. Rather than... I completely agree. Yeah, and 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 the other thing is, um, I feel that practical effects do, and we were talking about this another day off off this podcast, but um, it makes you almost know that you're watching a movie. Which uh, nowadays, some of the computer animation actually gets so realistic to where you almost don't even feel like you're watching a movie anymore or anything. You're almost like you're watching real life, which in my opinion sort of spoils the magic of certain things yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I wish they would use more practical effects for some of that reason. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of times it is more enjoyable. I think it's just the art of understanding. Yeah. Like we were saying when we were watching green mile and stuff in like kind of the nineties, um, the 90s era of big AAA dramas in Hollywood, how they they just felt like watching a movie. They felt like hey, this is a set and this is a movie and all of this is just, you know, there's kind of mimic, mimicking real life, but it, this is a piece of art. And I really, I just like when a movie creates that instead of creating something that's like, hey, this is so real that you're going to feel that you're here, you know, and that right. you're part of this movie. I mean, I think there's merit to that, but I just I just like the art of creating a movie and, tell, and, and me knowing that it's a movie instead of just yeah. completely making me feel that this is real life, you know. Um, right. There's something about that. And, yeah. Um, and bringing back to the thing, uh, some of the other cool – um, practical effects to me were that moment when um, the dogs oh, actually like exploded and yeah. uh, the like tendrils were coming out of the <laughs> yeah. thing and like the the two the multiple heads of the dog were coming out of it and like you said e- even that part was uh, it, it was grotesque but it was pretty kind of comedic because it's all these dogs just like 
moaning, but they didn't, in that <laughs> sense, look like dogs. They were yeah. like half formed. It yeah, was, it was really weird and like almost like they looked I, like they I were melting know. or something. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, it looked like they were melting. It was. Yeah, I, I liked that because that was a that was almost the introduction. I, I think that was the that first was the time f- they really saw the. That thing. was the first time that they saw what was yeah what was actually like outside of them going up there and finding the body that was where they actually saw it alive and like what right. it was capable of doing yeah and like that was when the like they the doctor was like how long were you sitting in the room with that dog dude <laughs> you know like where, that was where the, he yeah, was starting to like question it and just being yeah, yeah that's where it became the is this guy the fucking thing yeah and because the, the doctor was already questioning that and then and they do <laughs> John Carpenter did a lot of cool things where you sh- it showed the one guy there who had the the sunglasses who was like the radio guy it shows the dog like it shows that guy's shadow and it shows the dog walk into that room with that guy yes yep yep so they make you believe like oh shit so throughout the whole thing you're like that guy's definitely got the fucking thing in him like sure. <laughs> you know and, and he didn't and he though. didn't that's the <laughs> That's the that crazy was, thing is they really push that like you're like this dude has to have the fucking thing in yeah. it man there's there's no and doubt he was a weird guy <laughs> he was like he was like crying when they were burning that beast yeah. of a dog uh, obviously it wasn't the dogs anymore but he was still upset that they were burning this beast yeah um, I think what and yeah so you think that he's like part of it or something mm-hmm. it was really it was really they really well he really did a good job of making you believe that that guy you know had the thing in him but it, it it's really funny because it just showed you how little of the people actually had the thing in them when he was doing the little test there at the end that's, like it was interesting because you're like oh shit <laughs> like every because they make you believe everybody has to have it you know throughout right. the movie until that part hits and then he's dipping it in there and then when you find out that that one the one dude had the thing in him <laughs> you're like holy shit all of those people didn't actually have it in him have them in right. there, and, and they're just fucking tied up and those other two dudes are dead you know and it, it's just yeah, i don't know Such it's just like I, but i really like that because it, it takes you in the sense of what would you your brain what would it be thinking you know It'd be thinking, and then they go through the thing where the guy's like, the doctor puts the, after they show the cells, it says 75% likely that almost everybody's infested with the thing, you know? exactly. (laughs) So you're just like, okay, everybody's got it in them. They're fucked. (laughs) Maybe one guy doesn't, because 75% of the people, so it's like, these people are fucked, you know? So it's just, just the ambiance of that movie is so great. Also, I, I just love the little kind of like tiny things too, where it starts off and Kurt Russell's character is up in that like one spot and he's playing ch- uh, chess, and he just he loses to the computer and then he pours yeah. the he <laughs> pours the whiskey in there and he's like you fucking bitch cheated or whatever. <laughs> it's just so that it's such cool. a little good detail that yeah just adds so much to characters, which you know it's something that's so simple, but it just adds. A lot to right. McCready's character and just the yeah, whole and, the whole film in general. You don't tend to see that as much in films. At least I feel. Um, 
now, which is kind of sad. They 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 focus on the little things with these characters in these older movies, and, and it shows little quirks about the characters, like this that just that small quirk, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah, and that early era, I mean, obviously we're gonna hold on to the to the good movies like like Halloween and Alien right. and Thing and stuff like that. Like the that era that like late seventies, early eighties era of horror was just a good time for horror movie i think in general because they understood Mm -hmm. i think it was just them finally discovering what made what made a good and watchable horror movie which is like this kind of slow burn ominous feeling that these movies captured like this kind of like kind of isolated like feeling that you're always being watched by something else and you have no control you're just going to be taken over by something Right, and all all three of those movies have that feeling of just like oh, it's like just dread that something that's much stronger than you and much more powerful than you is going to take you over and destroy you. And I, yeah. I I just really like that, and they just did they harnessed that idea and did such a good job with it. And John Carpenter is just like he's really good at with the thing getting the the soundtrack is is amazing. Um, he got Ennio Morricone to do it for the thing at least. And it was just what a great fucking choice that was getting, getting him to do this kind of like Western, like kind of style, um, with a little bit of horror in it, you know, this like more, Yeah, it was a, it was a great choice. And it's funny because Quentin Tarantino used the, the, um, what wasn't used for the thing in the hateful eight and it works with that movie as well. You know, it's just like this kind of, cause it just feels like, like a murder whodunit, like kind of soundtrack where it's just like, well, it's almost like a standoff. Yeah. Kind of it's like, thing. yeah, it almost uh, is. it's like an old wild west standoff, which for the thing is actually more amazing because it's obviously they're not in the wild west or anything like that where the hateful eight, it is in the mm-hmm. wild west. So it makes sense to have this, this sort of wild west music but for uh the thing they had the wild west music because it's like they're in a standoff the entire time yeah. between each other they, yeah really yeah they're in this like kind of standoff yeah with each other and it it, it kind of is um a little bit of a, of a western style because you're out in this place where no one can hear you scream you know like anything there's no rules here yeah. Anything can fucking happen, just like the Wild West, where you're out in the frontier and you can break any fucking law you want because no one can see you. So it's just that right. it works with a movie like that. And and I know um, uh, The Hateful Eight, actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, is like an homage to The Thing because, if, like, I actually just watched The Thing uh last night because I just wanted to like get back into it so I could talk about it better. But what just watching it and then putting it up and back and forth between the hateful eight, there's so many things that I noticed and I was just laughing because it really is. It definitely is. There's like the, the whole them like having like the ropes. So when it's really snowy, you can go and pull yourself and find your, uh, find where to go. They do that in hateful eight there's the the hmm. cliffs, the mountains, the the icy mountains, and they both start off with the showing the snowy mountains, and there's just like 
the the soundtrack kurt russell's in both of them it's kind of a standoff of like who done it we don't know you guys you could be whatever you know we don't know you from this joe over here it's the just like who kind of i mean hateful eight is the who done it like what's going on here like we're right. we're we're met, piecing this together and then like there's the tone of um there's the uh Samuel L. Jackson's character and then uh Walton Goggins character I think that's the actor's name um they like hate each other and they have like that that racial tension going on but then at the end they're the last two left and they kind of have this mutual respect and it's same with the right. thing at the end of the thing there's Kurt Russell and then there's the the one uh, kind of the one uh, black guy, the the big dude. He's at the end too, yeah, and they're yeah. kind of sitting there like, "Hey, maybe we should just die because we are, you know, we might be infected. So maybe we should just freeze out here, right. <laughs> you know." Right. And it's just that, and they, it looks like they have that like mutual respect for each other. Like, yeah, let's just you know, because there was kind of that. There was kind of like they really did have a, like some tension him and Kurt Russell. Right. There was like exactly. a tension the between them thing. because yep. they did, they were like they didn't trust that guy, you know. So it was right. almost like a they, racial tension like they just couldn't trust that guy and you right. know there was like a, so it was really interesting in in that Quentin Tarantino kind of took the the story of the thing and maybe manipulated hmm. it and put his own characters into it, which I really like when you analyze it like that, I really just like that idea. I, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I I did not realize that at and all. And there's yeah, and there's I now want to watch the hate play again. I've I watched it a while back, uh, almost when it came out on uh, video. I mm-hmm. didn't see it in theaters or anything, um, but I don't think I really took in enough from it. And I I like Quentin Tarantino movies, so I I need to go back and watch that, especially knowing that or yeah, possibly that. <laughs> there's some sort of homage to yeah i'm um, pretty i mean in my opinion i think it is yeah in my opinion i think there's something there just because there's a lot of just similar ideas right and similar things that are happening kind of similarly filmed too where like there's a lot of like shots through windows and stuff like that that and quentin tarantino does that as well um, it's a lot of like just one one location, you know, where these guys are stuck up in this one place together. Same as Hateful Eight, they're stuck in this cabin together, and they got to figure it out. They're like, they can't leave the cabin because there's too much fucking snow. They can't get out of there, so it's just like shit. We got to stay with these fucking people. We don't know who they are. They could kill us. Right. It's the Wild West, and it's actually so, the same reason. The, yeah, same <laughs> kind of reason. They they can't they leave. They just can't leave. Yeah, the people want to leave, but you can't because you're fucking they stuck can't leave. in an isolated well, not location. Only- Right. Oh, yeah. And there's a storm. There's a storm. Just, just sort of like in the the hate yeah. flight. So, that's that's really awesome. But definitely watch both of uh, the thing and the hateful eight because I really didn't know that about the hateful eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, I really, I think the hateful eight is probably Quentin Tarantino's most underappreciated film. Because I think, I mean, it's very long and it takes place in one location. So I think a lot of people were off put by that, but I think it, it deserves more viewing. I really loved, like, I just really loved it because it is Quentin Tarantino is just very good at doing that. Like 
this is a movie and you know it's a set piece and stuff like that right. and like we were talking about before i just really like that in movies but um yeah yeah i'll definitely have to watch that again um and so i guess we'll wrap it up here yeah so um one other thing i wanted to mention was uh and no plugs to netflix or anything like that but i just recently started watching the haunting on hill house haunting at hill of house. hill house of yeah. hill house um and that is an amazing show if it, it's perfect for halloween um glad they brought it out it, I am now on the fifth episode, and it is absolutely amazing. So if you want a new thing to watch um, for Halloween, or this will probably be coming out, this podcast will probably be coming out after Halloween, um, just shortly after. Still, uh, if you want a good Halloween movie or TV show, watch that. Yeah. It's I, fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've watched the whole thing, and I yeah, I totally – agree it is fantastic and there's actually a lot of good practical effects in that um yes so yeah well filmed it's very well well filmed Uh, so Um, so it's since we talk about movies i mean and we talk about the cinematography of movies and stuff yeah uh, that show itself so fantastic cinematography so on that note maybe our next episode will be talking about the haunting of hill house yeah, because I would love to talk about it. I know it'll be past Halloween, but we can do we can write it out, you know, for the next episode. Yeah, why not? So yeah, yeah. I, I think we should that talk about that. Cool. And um, yeah, go if you haven't seen the thing. I hope we didn't spoil it too bad for you not to go, for you not to go watch it. But go watch that movie because I think you'll be blown away by the practical effects and how amazing they are, and just how awesome the ambiance of that film is. Right. <laughs> Even a bit spoiled, still a fantastic movie. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think, I think like being spoiled for this movie, it's so, such a simple premise that we're not really, you know, a lot of the stuff is kind of already there for you. Right. We didn't say anything really uh, regarding what actually was going on with the whodunit. Yeah. You'll find out. Very true. So, yeah. Check it out, and, you know, hopefully hopefully, uh, you tune in next time. Yep. See you guys. See ya. So I usually like to do something at the end, but right now I just can't really think of anything. But I just want to say happy Halloween if you're listening to this on Halloween, and I really appreciate you all for uh, listening to this, and I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Thanks. And I really hope to see you again next time.